I mean, suppose you're able to do absolutely whatever you wanted. A podcast with no consequence and no regrets. Then what? That I'd be doing the other three podcasts I'm doing now? That's a fair point. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45. 46, um, my lord. 46, goodness me, we're rapidly approaching our, uh, not centenary, half century. Anniversary um, of a year of what's it? Yeah, something like that. It, it feels like a, feels like a year. It's not far off. Um, and to celebrate our not quite a year, we are doing a third film from 1996. Unprecedented, not unprecedented, but we're doing it anyway. Um, this, uh, I should point out is Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other actors as masterpieces. Um, I am Nick, and I am joined by my dark half of my personality, Roger. <laughs> and we are, we like 1996 so much we stayed there. Um, actually, it's, it's, uh, if you've been listening to recent podcasts, we have been struggling a bit with the late 90s to pick uh, films, but actually there were, there were a few that took our fancy in 1996, so we thought, what the heck, we'd do another one. And we have chosen the much derided 1996 Stephen Frears question mark masterpiece Mary Riley not even the only film based on Strange Case of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde to be released in this year is that true was there another one uh, yeah, but the other one is the Eddie Murphy remake of The Naughty Professor. Oh, so. yes. I forgot. <laughs> For some reason, I'd blank that one out. Um, uh, well, yes, so this is based on a novel, which uh, neither of us have read. Novella. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course. You've read, Mary. Okay, I have not. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. I, I've, I've read Jekyll. I, I was going to say, not I read, am, I've not read the novel, I, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, well, that's it. I suppose I'm interested. I am a. Uh, a reasonable fan of the original. I'm a, a fan because I uh, was given a copy of the audiobook read by Tom Baker um, <laughs> when I was quite young, and he's flipping brilliant at reading it, and I, I adored the story then. Now, I suppose, uh, I have some issues with Jekyll's uh, <laughs> morals <laughs> in the uh, in the story, but maybe we can come on to that. Um, but this is uh, the, uh, the well-known uh, Jekyll and Hyde story, uh, there have been a lot of varieties of it over the years. It, the, the spin on it that this film takes is it is told from the perspective of Dr. G calls, I don't know what she is, scullery maids, housemaids, um, kitchen maids. Uh, I, I, I think the term would be made of all work, uh, but all right. we, we'll come back to that because it really doesn't work very well. Um, Mary Riley. Um and it gives us an opportunity to see, uh, a bit like Below Decks <laughs> with Star Trek, it gives an opportunity to see the event from the perspective of the, the downstairs. Um, and, uh, 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 mm. I, 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 uh, I'm going to try and be very careful and objective with this one because I strongly objected to something in the film. Um, and that's something, unfortunately, with John Malkovich. <laughs> I, I found his performance so... I will, I will try and be objective about it and, and see what I found good about it. But I, I can't deny I hated John Malkovich's performance so much that it coloured the rest of the film for me. Um, that's, that, I'm just laying my cards right on the table. Well, it's fair enough. I'm, 
Have you seen him in, in much else? I have seen him in um, another Coen Brothers film, Burn After Reading. I was aware of him from um, not the talented Mr. Ripley, but the the grown-up version. Uh, there is Mr. Ripley is kind of a serial killer kind of uh, uh, manipulator behind the scenes. Um, and the talented Mr. Ripley is his origin story. But there's another one later on that he plays Ripley in, Ripley's Game or something, I can't remember. He was very good in that. Um, I have never strongly objected desperate. I, I like Dangerous Liaisons, which is um, which is relevant because this is sort of a reunion of uh, Glenn Close, and John Malkovich and Stephen Frears, who were all had been in uh, Dangerous Liaisons, mm-hmm. which I think was a remake of Les Liaisons Dangereux, mm-hmm. um, which is all about intrigue in the uh, the court of is it King Louis, one of the Louis, uh, presumably. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's all doomed. <laughs> it's all, um, and I quite like that. Um, so we'll get on to it. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the reason I... I asked, you see, is because yeah. I haven't seen him in much else. I'm, okay, he's got. A sort of medium-sized part in Red and Red 2, but that's, you know, 2010 and 2013, and he's basically playing an old crazy paranoid guy whose paranoia is, in fact, justified. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so quite it, different. It's not... It, it lets him ham it up, and when he hams yeah. it up, he, he that that's what the role needs. That's really not, I think, what this role needs. I, I don't... I, I didn't react to the performance the way you did. No, <laughs> well, we can, we can discuss that. I'm feeling like this episode is going to be therapy for me. Uh, <laughs> because Mary Riley was famously uh, awful. Um, everyone hated it. Uh, the, many critics didn't particularly like it, though some did, in fact, which is why we decided to have a look at this. Um, well, in, of- in particular, I mean, we've talked about David Thompson and the Have You Seen... Yes. And basically anthology of mini reviews, I guess you'd call it. Yes. And and in that he says, This is the best version of the Jekyll and Hyde story ever put on the screen, and it is a wonderful movie. And I thought, well, let's give it a go. And he hasn't to be fair, while we haven't always agreed with David Thompson, we haven't often wildly disagreed. We have sometimes, but not often. Uh, and he we just watched Fargo, um, partly on his and partly on my recommendation, um, and very much enjoyed that. Uh and so, yeah, and, and we both like the original story. Um, so, yeah, and, and it, so it seemed like, a, you know, we've we've also watched some films that were hated or, or well, not hated. Like, I, I'm thinking of Last Action Hero, which was kind of mm. set up to be a total failure. Well, that, that does, in fact, uh, share the producers with this, Goober and Peters. Yeah, they were very lucky. <laughs> who, well, um... I can't now remember which was which, but what, but one of them was famously violent at the slightest provocation or none at all, and the other was just unpleasant, uh, going wow. by basically everybody who worked with them. Uh, what, one of them had got his start as somebody famous as hairdresser, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, right. Which okay. is fine, but it got repeated again and again once people decided they hated him. So this is, you know, several years after Last Action Hero has lost a lot of money. And it also lost a lot of money. And I, I do think that there was a certain feeling of, we just don't like these guys. Okay. All right. I didn't realise there was a common link between the two. Um, <laughs> uh... Well, it, it was uh, because of Goober and Peters that this was not directed by Tim Burton, who was the original attached director, oh, back, back when he still had creativity. 
<laughs> well, um, but yes, because uh, uh, basically Burton at the height height of Tim Burton this. Yeah, I mean, he, he'd he'd made he was working on Ed Wood or trying to get that made. They put it in turnaround, so that it was just sitting there waiting for somebody to take an interest. And that's uh, right. And he took umbrage uh, at that, and and a, as a result, he, he left this, and and they got in Stephen Frears, who. Oh, what, what's he known for at this point? Uh, My Beautiful Laundrette. Um, oh, yeah. Long yeah, distance. I like that. I quite like that. Um, and he, uh, Prick Up Your Ears, the Joe Orton one. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, but I did read Joe Orton's diaries at a tender age. That was a peculiar thing to pick <laughs> up and read. As you say, Dangerous Liaison. Uh, yeah, so. and so this was sort of a, a reunion in some ways. Um, and Dangerous Liaison, I, I imagine, was successful it, it, it got him a, gen, a lot of general pro, uh, attention uh let's see did the grifters with uh cusack angelica houston annette benning uh i mean he did a lot of smaller stuff as well but you know, the, this was he he was definitely one of one of the guys to watch yes but this film seemed to be i i remember it at the time, with everyone calling it a stinker, and a particularly Julia Roberts' performance, she was coming off the back of Pretty Woman at this point. Well, probably. Pretty Woman was was her breakout role. Um, right. She, she since then she'd done Sleeping with the Enemy and the Pelican Brief. Uh, oh, yeah. She was the highest paid actress in the world, not actually this year, but the year before and for several years afterwards. And um, I, everyone... I think people may have been feeling a certain amount of. You know, she's everywhere. She's all over the place. She's overexposed. Let, let's yeah. find something nasty to say about her. I've, as we, as we've said, we've got that feeling about uh, Arnie in uh, Last Action yes. Hero as well. And I, um, I really do not think Julia Roberts is the worst thing in this. In fact, far from it. I, I, think, I think she's, she's a very, very good, good thing, except she yeah. needs an accent coach. <laughs> well, the accents are something of an elephant in the room. Um, I <laughs> agree. So we have famous American and. Canadian actors, uh, John Malkovich, I think, is Canadian. Um, in amongst uh, Glenn Close as well. Glenn uh, Close, no, he, he is American actually. Oh, is he? Okay, um, but he is. Well, he sounds. <laughs> he sounds <laughs> like he's not from London. Let's put it that way. Um, so, so he's Close known well. for the Killing Fields, Empire of the Sun, In the Line of Fire. Uh, right. I mean, he, he yeah. doesn't have the huge length of career that he has now, but no. he's, he's definitely got some solid. Uh, roles behind him. Uh, the other film, uh, of course, I adore him in is being John Malkovich, which is uh, it's very good. Um, but that's John Cusack in, so it can't be bad. And that's um, not, not for another couple of years. Not, not for a while yet. Um, and then we have them mixed in with a bunch of uh, actual English, uh, or British at least, actors. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Glenn Close, who does a better but still not amazing job of the accent. Be, being fair to her, I mean, never mind the accent, I didn't recognise her as Glenn Close. So, yeah, that's something. And she, she was good. I, and again, uh, well, so I, I suppose I was drawing the background in that Julia Roberts was uh, nominated for, I think, one, a Razzie? Uh, no, she was nominated, uh, but she lost to Demi Moore in Striptease and The Juror. <laughs> now that, that no, I'm not going to say. Uh, and, Steve, and Stephen Frears was was nominated for worst director, but he lost to Andrew Bergman for striptease. Now I think they are both unfair, um, despite <laughs> my reaction. Julia Roberts, I agree, is um, is well the opening scene. So we have Julia Roberts scrubbing the floor, 
and we have Dr. G Gold sort of coming through. And I suspect both of us at that point were like, <laughs> what, what is <laughs> happening with the things coming out of their mouths? It, they, the accents from the opening are not great. Her, yeah, I mean, sometimes she sidles up towards Irishness, but most of the time she doesn't. Yes, yeah. And, and unfortunately, putting her with them, uh, uh, you know, her, her bedmate is actually uh, an Irish actress. Um, it probably doesn't help <laughs> all that much in the comparison. Yeah, well, whereas Malkovich sounds, well, American, basically. I feel not, like not broad American, but... Well, I think this maybe is one of my problems with Malkovich's performance. I feel he is really dowering it down and, and taking like a lot of the motion out and trying to make it a bit Scottish, maybe. Which mm-hmm. it doesn't sound at all Scottish, but what it does do is make him sound weird and actorly to me. It just sounds oh, like yes. he's acting his lines, and I think that's my biggest problem with his performance. Um, I mean, I, I was certainly noticing his performance as a performance while I was watching the film, which I don't normally with a good acting job. Well, that, I think that's um, we might as well talk about that because I, I don't want to dwell on it desperately. Other than, oh my god, it's my least favorite acting performance I've ever seen in the movie. <laughs> I mean. It just it felt to me not for one second did it suspend my disbelief that this was a doctor in Victorian London and his evil alter. Not for a fraction of a second. Every moment he was on the screen, I was thinking that's John Malkovich, that's John Malkovich, that's John Malkovich and <laughs> I hate it, I hate it, I hate it It just, the accent his expressions um, his kind of really uh, quiet dull performance, Jekyll I'm going to call him Jekyll just to annoy everyone I think that's, there's a bit was on QI that he's supposed to say Jekyll and I'm going to say it from now on I'm afraid um, but his kind of emotionless almost performances Jekyll and then I thought well he's going to be really full of emotion as Hyde but it's, I don't know he isn't really he's got black hair the the but... feeling I got was that and I may be entirely wrong on this but the the impression was that he was deliberately sp- taking a set of mannerisms and di- di- directly inverting them to make the two characters appear different act, move yeah. differently and so on yeah. But that was his primary concern, and he didn't really develop either side of them as an individual. I think that's really astute, yes. And uh, neither side of the personality convinced me. Uh, and maybe you could argue that's part of Jekyll and Hyde's. Uh, I've called him Jekyll now. Um, that, <laughs> you know, he isn't whole as either, and that's part of the problem. But, uh, uh no, as Jekyll, he just didn't convince me as this kindly old doctor um, at all, and I, or even a troubled, slightly younger doctor, because he's supposed to be in the novel novella. He's much older than Hyde, and really, the only thing they do about that is shave his beard off and make his hair go black. And he, <laughs> in no other way does he look particularly. Oh, I don't know. I suppose you could argue the physical performance, but uh, okay, I, I'm not going to say too much more about Malkovich's performance, but it just just didn't work for me to the point where it spoiled the whole film and i will i think i'll leave it at that otherwise we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll never we'll never move on from it <laughs> well it's, it's um, fair enough i mean i would say i loved it no it, it, it's certainly distracting in places i i didn't find it um spoiled the rest as you say but, uh, yeah it just felt very acted 
and took me out of it every time he was in the scene. Um, Julia Roberts, on the other hand... Um, I think she's is, actually rather good, uh, apart from forget, the accent. Apart from the accent, I could forget it, though, because I I wasn't thinking, this is Julia Roberts playing a deliberately ta- cast against type. I, you know, I was thinking, this is Mary Riley. I, I did believe her as a different character, and she is... I suppose in some ways, though, the problem with Mary Riley as a character is that she is uh, quite passive and quite meek. Mm. And she gets some moments to shine. Uh, but they're not I, I, they're, they're not huge. I, that's not so much criticism. I, I think she convinces as a character. It's sort of a criticism well, of the mm. type of character she is. The, the whole thing is very underplayed. And I... Th- I... Mm. I don't know why. Perhaps, perhaps I just meshed with that. Um, and particularly the points at which um, Mary is experiencing some some um, intimation of sexual desire, while yeah. at the same time knowing perfectly well that if she were to do anything about it, uh, this could have very, very, very bad consequences for her. Yeah, and I, and I thought that was played really quite effectively. Um, yeah, her also her, of- her makeup. Um, oh yeah, yeah I, I've, I've seen this described as in se- by several people as no makeup, and this is obviously rubbish. You can't do that on a film. But uh, she looks. Oh, we've all seen what Julia Roberts looks like on film. She does not look like that. She looks something more like a normal person. And I think keeping her hair bound up until right at the end, yeah, is also very effective there. Uh, yeah, because if she looked at all like Julia Roberts in any other film, you'd be like, "What is she doing as a maid in it?" But she, you don't. She does. She's not distractingly. Frankly, she's not distractingly beautiful enough mm. for you to think, "What is she doing there?" She looks fairly plain. Uh, not that she is not. Uh, and again, I don't want to objectify her, but but it, uh, because Julia Roberts herself has been quite objectified, and she was probably trying to play against that a bit. It works. Physically, she inhabits the role as well as kind of acting. Mm. I completely agree with you there. And that undercurrent of, I suppose it's fear, really. She really nails that. Um, and we probably want to talk about this a bit more. When she got to Jekyll, Jekyll she's, um, she's just a sort of, I suppose he feels like he's, oh, I can talk to this person on their level and I can, you know, I'm actually being kind talking to the staff. He doesn't even, he doesn't even have the empathy to realize that doing that is terrifying to her because mm. he could completely ruin her life without even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not sure where, where to put the credit for that, whether it's in the acting on either side or in the script or the direction or some combination of all those things, most likely. Yeah. But I very strongly got the feel that feeling that he's completely unaware of that power differential. Yes. It's not something he's ever had to think about. It, it's not just that Mary could be casually turned out to starve if she annoyed him. It's that yeah. if Poole decided he didn't like her, he could get rid of her. And by the time he found out about it and decided to, you know, come the rescuer, she would be gone. Yeah, she'd have been vanished into the underbelly of life. Yes, I, I thought that was a nice, uh, and, and you brought this up sort of out of, um, uh, off air. And I, I completely agree with you. That was, a, that is a thing that is just, of course, not present in the novella at all, but that kind of power. And I, well, women are me, barely I, in the novella in the first place. Well, exactly. And quite what, 
Well, that's the pro- that's one of the problems with the novella is what is it exactly that Jekyll wants to do? Jekyll wants to do with I just oh anyway we won't worry about the problems with the novella but um, <laughs> but here I think oh, maybe we will later but here I think um, Julia Roberts I I to me it's Julia Roberts' performance I feel like he's very casual and oh I'm just going to whereas she is just shot through with terror mm. even at being talked to in any way um, that. That's making her a figure of um, envy amongst the serving staff, and that is potentially lethal for her. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that. That was a really nice angle that couldn't come out in the original novel, but it's brought out really well here. What something I thought worked rather less well, unfortunately, was the um, what would you call it—the subplot of, of um, the abuse that uh, Mary suffered as a child. It's well well portrayed, but it never really quite seems to join up for me with her character now. And I I feel it's trying to, but it never quite gets there. Well, I suppose for me, by the time that really started to crop up, the film had lost my trust because I just (laughs) didn't, uh, I didn't. And I think if you're going to, with things like um, uh, sexual abuse of children, you should either do it really well. And I don't mean... Uh, I don't mean you can't comment on it and look at the ugly aspects of it, but you need to take it very seriously indeed. You, you don't or, use it as a punchline. Yeah, it's not like, a, oh, this is my character's quirk, you know, that happened in my past. You know, it's got to be uh, either don't touch it at all or do it uh, very well. <laughs> and mm. I don't think either was done here. Uh I mean, I got the impression, you know, the whole, uh, clearly, and it is, you know, her dad's played kind of very leeringly by Michael Gambon here. Um, very, I mean, he's a, a great actor. excellent actor, so, you know, you're never going to have any problem. But it, it's it's disturbing, and there's hints that, um, you know, that there were moments of it that she enjoyed, and, and touching upon that sort of thing, it's not on... It's not untrue to abuse, and it's not. But you can't just use that as a. Well, I don't feel, as you say, you can't just use it as a character trait. Uh, uh, and I feel the way to use it here would be to really starkly contrast that with Jekyll, who's the other father figure in her life, who mm. she actually trusts, and the fact that he turns out to abuse her as well in his own extremely weird way. Um, I. I and that, so to me, I thought that's where it was going, that, you know, she's actually trusting this guy. She's the father he never had. But it turns out, look at look at what he's doing. He's even worse than her dad, in a way. He's lying to her and trying to have his way with her and pretend that it's never happening. But then, to me, to make that into a romantic subplot, oh, that's when it really crossed the line to me, thinking, this is not a film that I am happy with. Uh, opinions differ on this, but it, it does appear that there were actually three separate endings shot. Uh, right. There, there's the one we got, uh, and then there's she goes off with Jekyll, and there's she goes off with Hyde. Oh, and, and I really don't think either of those would have been at all um, worth, worth watching. Were they shot or were they? Did you say they were shot? Or they, were, uh, they were just opinion. They don't seem to have been uh, shown okay. to anybody, but uh, they're, they're reported as having been shot. Uh, no, I will give the film credit for ending, <laughs> <laughs> ending as it should with the death of um, 
Jekyll slash Hyde. Um, uh, I think it really does. Uh, to, to have any pathos at all, you've kind of... Had... But uh, yes, uh, uh, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it really icky when it be- it started to become a... Not just a predatory love story and a story of abuse, which made sense to me. The thing the novella, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's original novella, kind of shies away from is exactly what Hyde does, particularly other than he does a murder in Mm. it. But, you know, this is a man who is capable of anything that the worst of humanity can do. And so by implication, that's a lot of pretty bad things. Um, and um, here it does at least touch on that, that he is a basically predator, uh, sexual, probably serial killer. Um, but yeah. then to have that... Sorry. Sorry. It's just that's the thing that really struck me because there, there's a... I mean, this, this is all very underplayed. And again, I'll say maybe I'm misreading it because this is not a film that makes it obvious what it wants you to think. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I was getting the feeling that there is that very slight restraint. Hyde is not quite prepared to crap where he eats. He's not quite yeah. going to rape Mary, even though he's presumably quite capable of raping other people and may indeed have done so. And probably has, yes, by, by yes, I, I agree. And, now, and so, you... so from that, she ends up with some slight power over him because she can, you know, she is able to and she does say no. And uh, she has yes. no reason to believe, I suspect, that he'll respect that, but he does. Now, is that, that's interesting. I mean, I suppose it's like, is, is that, do you think on Hyde's part, is that self-preservation or is it something more? I feel like this film tries to imply something more now if if Jekyll has romantic feelings for I I don't know I I get the feeling like a man like Edward Hyde if he has romantic feelings for someone he would just take them and use them and and not yeah though perhaps it's that he wants it all I mean that we we are we are after all set in 1886 and and it's quite legitimate for for a man of means to go out whoring all night and come home to his not his nice kind wife in the morning (laughs) <laughs> and, and pass on the clap to her. You uh, didn't need the potion, Henry. You just, you just <laughs> more a happier hypocrite than you were in the first place. I suppose um, that that whole idea actually is uh, the whole sort of morality of Jekyll and Hyde has not aged that well because we we, we know more about what Victorian gentlemen did <laughs> God, exactly. So it, it's not. It's not you don't need a, a potion to turn yourself to Edward Hyde to go and do those things. Um, but it's also that whole idea of duality of good and evil feels a little quaint by modern standards. You know, we're not obsessed with it, perhaps in the way that the Victorians were. And so that the, the novel doesn't quite have that resonance. Um, also, I think we, we don't really see him pre-split. Because one, no. one of the feelings that I got from the novella, and it, it, it's not a major point even there, is that post-split Jekyll is not the man he was before. Mm. Because that, that... Which makes sense, yes. All, all of he, those impulses have been sucked away into the other side. And in some ways that makes him... Uh, the, the, you're right, you get that impression. The novella, nor here, does it quite uh, explore. that. It, it's interesting to explore if that makes him a lesser person. 
because he's lost all those impulses. I, I think we may be getting into if I were going to be making a version of, of, exactly, of this yeah. story, that's the thing I'd, I'd want to look at. But you're very right. Yes, we shouldn't we shouldn't um, criticise film for, for what it wasn't. Um, so we were um, we've been talking about the the, the kind of uh, the abuse angle. And the Edward Hyde angle, which didn't, it sounds like it didn't really work for either. I, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think, you know, I think Michael Gambon and Julia Roberts both sold it and it was an interesting subplot. It just felt like it was a bit uh, wasted or I'm not really sure what we were supposed to make of that. I, it, I didn't feel it connected really properly no. with Mary now. That, that was the problem. Mm-hmm. And if it had, then fair enough. And yeah. Yes, on the one hand, she she suffered suffered this not entirely defined abuse. Yes. On the other hand, she's an Irish girl living in London, literally living at somebody else's sufferance, and I feel yes. that would be quite enough on its own to make her a bit bleeding timid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also, you know, she'll be sadly uh, she'll be far from the only person in that social class with that background to have that story. Hmm. Um, uh, and much was made of kind of the rats and the rat bites um, and her fear of rats. And I, again, it never quite, never quite took off for me. I'm not sure I wanted it to, but I am not. I, I don't know that the film desperately needed it. Um, uh, as it came out, yeah, as you're saying, I think could I should either have been developed more or cut out. Hmm. Yes, I, I think I'd be happy with either of those, depending on how it went. Um, uh, we could talk about the. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the cast, perhaps, because mm. we mm. have um, George Cole as Poole, who is basically one of the only surviving other characters from the novella, as I remember. There's no. I suppose this is part of the problem with my film. There's no Doctor Lanyon. There's no um, um, Mister mm. Utterson, the lawyer. Um, I don't know. I'm not a purist of the story, and I, I suppose yeah, I, I don't need any of that. And, and other characters fulfil those functions, but Poole is uh, as George Cole. Um, known to most British audiences as um, uh, Arthur Daly, the uh, oh, second okay. car salesman from um, Minder. Seen, never seen it. Okay, I, I sort of, I didn't quite grow up with it, but uh, <laughs> but he's. Uh, but I mean, he he was working from 1941 to about 2008, so I've almost certainly seen him in something. Oh, oh in the right, ton, flat, ton flat of Ealing and I was going to say he was in the ton of Ealing stuff as well, like. Um, uh, the the spiv uh, in uh, Centrillions. Um yeah, I mean he was. Uh, oh, I don't know. He didn't have a, a great deal to do, but he plays it very well. He he's uh, a, exactly as you would expect from the butler of the house, I suppose. The and it's it's good. in the book. Paul is an extremely reliable, and re- reliable, discreet gentleman's gentleman, and he. Uh, I like that you see the uh, and he might well be, but we don't see that side of him. We see the side of him that is facing the downstairs mm. um but uh, also i think part of that i mean he, he's obviously um somewhat opposed to mary a lot of the time but yes. he, he's not a villain no and and i think part of that is because particularly as jekyll has clearly been going, going a bit off the rails for for a while now and they talk about that Yes. Uh, you know, he stopped entertaining, he stopped doing these other things, he's just obsessing about this particular thing he's working on. It, it falls on him, or at least in his head it falls on him, to keep up, if not the actuality, at least the appearance of a normal household. Yes. And yes. so he's perhaps even more sensitive than he would normally be to 
any sort of appearance of impropriety. Yes, that's uh, that's a yes. That's well. Uh, that's a point well made. Uh, he's not. He he seems under a lot of stress, um, and that's probably exactly for that reason that that he is hold. He feels like he's holding the house together mm. um, and shouldering it and trying to. Um, and you're right. He's not. There are moments when he could absolutely have capitalised on um, uh, on Mary Riley's at least perceived um, uppityness um, and got her out. But he he doesn't. He, he tells her off and he does the right thing. But he and he's a bit spiky and unpleasant. But he's he's never an out and out villain. And hmm. he actually protects her um, in some ways. And Michael Sheen is a bit. Yeah, an early appearance of Michael Sheen. Yeah, he, he's mostly a stage actor at this point. Um, I mean, his, his basic job is, is to be a young man who can get away with stuff because young men can, even in the servant class, and young women can't. Uh, exactly, so he, yeah, he's the one who makes all the improper suggestions. That, that's his yeah. dramatic role here. I, I, I would like to say, this, this servant structure just doesn't work. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jekyll is supposed to be a reasonably successful doctor. Yes. There should be way more than five servants, even in a bachelor establishment. Or if, even if they weren't full timers, that's a significant part of the work would be hired out. I mean, you don't have your laundry maid doing anything else because she has red raw hands from the soap. Uh, right. Okay. For example. So very, you know, a, a, in a town establishment like this one, not that we ever see much of the town. Uh, I, does it happen entirely in the house? Well, there's a, there are a few things in alleys. And... There are there are a few fog shrouded alleys um, at but, the yeah. place, but but mostly. mostly mostly in the house. Um, so, I mean, what what you would normally do if if you didn't have the uh, space to have your own laundry mode would be to hire a laundry service, and lots of people did. Yes. And what, what we've what we've got Mary doing, I mean, it, yeah, it's a bit made of all work, but the footman's job is to scrub outside, the parlour maid cleans the main rooms, the chambermaid cleans the bedrooms, and she's helping in the kitchen, and she's yes. taking up a tray of breakfast in bed. I mean, these are these are different people's jobs. <laughs> that was I did find that interesting because I suppose I, I, my... I read a lot of classic era murder mysteries, so you, know. you do, you do, and uh, <laughs> for me, and I as I I I, I think we were supposed to think. And I think, as as some of them say, you're like, what, all this for one guy? It's a really mm. nice and and well, yeah, it, it was say, a bastard job, but it wasn't that varied. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly, so it was even more dull and soul destroying, and there were even more people supporting this uh, pampered dickhead's lifestyle. <laughs> I, I get, it, it's hard to. I suppose the problem the film is trying to have it both ways in a way in that it's it's laying bare the structure underneath this guy and how unfair it is but also it wants us to feel sympathy for him and that's a bit hard to do and needed a different performance to me to elicit <laughs> well he, he's the only uh upper class man who is even vaguely well upper middle uh who's even vaguely sympathetic to be fair i mean we we, we see a sort of a variant on sir danvers mm. uh young kieran hines it was Kieran Hines, was it? Goodness me! Um, but uh, it's uh, um, it's it's not the Sir Danvers from the book, is it? Who's a no. kindly old MP? It, it, except insofar as he gets beaten to death. <laughs> Apart from that, even then they gored it up a bit. I think Hyde just kind of bludgeons him to death in the book, but um, in the novella. But, uh, but um, I mean, we we don't see anybody else. As I mean, one of the things the novella does, I think, reasonably effectively, is is to put uh, Jekyll in context. 
Yes, it's uh, yes in in the context of polite society around him. Mm. Um, whereas here we're seeing him from, and I suppose I mean, it, yeah, it's, yes, it's from below stairs. Fair enough. Yeah, and and we're not we're not really supposed to. Is it? Um, but it, I agree. Shorn of context, it's hard to know quite what to make of um, the Doctor. We don't know what he was like before. We don't know what society really that he moves in, other than we know a bit about Victorian London society. Uh, and we don't really know quite what he's doing either, other than we've all know the story before we started watching the film. Uh, maybe all those things work against Malkovich in a way that I'm perhaps a bit unfair about, because Mary Riley gets a bit more backstory and interest than, than Dr. Jekyll does, because we kind of know everything about yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- I think the film is trying to have it both ways. It, it, it's saying, you know, you know what this story is because you've, you've, mm. well, probably you've, you've seen the film, but you know, you, you know yeah. the core story. Uh, and at the same time, it feel, it does feel free to change that where it's necessary. So. Yes. That, that's well, a bit there, of a cheat, perhaps. But. There are some very, I mean, as far as changes from the novella goes, we have no, uh, Dr. Lanyon. We have no um, uh, Mr. Russ and the lawyer. We uh, we have a very different Sir Danvers. Um, we have Glenn Close as this I don't know, to me unbelievably glamorous. I know she's not there, but she just uh, for a She's doing her best. <laughs> in the East End, I, I just don't I don't know that they put that much effort in, did they? I mean, I, it, uh, perhaps I'm um, uh, I suppose this was a high-class establishment. I suppose high dead enough to. I don't think it is, you know. And then I just she doesn't really. She looks like someone out of Game of Thrones or something. It's some kind of <laughs> someone's idea of a, a madam in the East End. I don't know. Perhaps I don't. I have no personal experience, frankly, and so I don't know. But I, I liked Glenn Close's performance as it went. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's quite a small part, but it. Yeah, um, it gets smaller. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, 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 I missed. I don't know. I suppose I found myself missing some of some of the nuances of the the novel. Like we never. I suppose he does. I, I, uh, you never really find this out in the novella either, but you, you don't really understand his motivation for doing what he does. But I think Malkovich does try and touch on that, that actually he um, Hyde shows him how to live and, and life and shows him some something there. But I I find here Jekyll is a very unsympathetic character because he's it's so selfish. He's supposed to be the good one, but what he's doing is so selfish. Mm. Um, and then kind of pretending well, so, Some that, of that is the perspective, I think, and that's fair. Yes, yeah. And, and some of it is just the original novel, that kind of feeling like, because you've split your personality in half, the awful things you do as Mr. Hyde don't count. Uh, that's a pretty <laughs> weak excuse. Um, but that's it's used here as well um but it's it's um it's from the original novel um i oh as we should talk about speaking of jekyll and hyde what about that um transformation sequence yeah this is another place where um opinions differ uh i have read <laughs> I, I, not, not, not in the overall that it's really pretty naff okay uh, all right but <laughs> it is um it, it is certainly the case that, that, that there were some people from the Jim Henson workshop who were involved in making puppetry. It is right. not clear, and, and I've, I've read several different accounts saying different things, 
whether the final result is part puppet or all computer generated. It, to my eye, it looked mostly CGI and bad CGI. There's certainly some CG. Um, the, yeah. the question is whether the puppet made it onto film at all. And it, I, it, I can yeah. see what they got. I, I, I can see someone writing that down and thinking that's brilliant. These two personalities fighting for control within the body and actually physically erupting out. What it looks like is just comical, unfortunately. Mm. It, it really doesn't. Um, of, of course, doesn't in, in, in the 1930 film, you, it is 1930, I think, uh, you, you have the uh, transformation sequence. It, it's a thing that film has generally done. Yes. I think it would have been a. Um, uh, unusual and somewhat bold move not to, but I think it would have been a good move. <laughs> I think it would. Less would have been more here. I mean, this is after, quite a long way after American Werewolf in London, which had a really vivid and quite memorable transformation mm. uh, into a werewolf scene. And that was like one of the, and that was all physical effects. Um, and it's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and, and something more akin to that, or the thing, you know, this is long after the thing, mm. that kind of effect, I think, uh, maybe they went for CGI and it just wasn't um, good enough. And again, puppetry, I think I think you, they needed a Stan Winston or um, someone along those lines to help them out, yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, that could have worked better if it had been, I don't know, a shadow against a curtain or something. I think we see mm. too much. And even if it were yes. the, the most realistic thing possible, it would still be too much. You're right. He's right in the middle of a kind of a brightly lit lecture theatre, more mm. or less. And that's probably not the way to see these things. H.P. Lovecraft would not have approved <laughs> <laughs> of, that, of that transformation sequence. No, um, no, I don't mind, James. Uh, very true. Very true. Um, or, nor probably would probably Louis Stevenson. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I, I didn't particularly like the romance. I didn't like Malkovich's things. I, I did like Julie Roberts' performance. And I did mm. like the below stairs perspective. I didn't think quite enough was was uh, was made of it. I just no. I, I'm trying to. I suppose the reason I'm voicing all this is because I'm trying to avoid circling back around to John Malkovich's performance and how much <laughs> I hate it. It, it did occur to me from a gaming context uh, that. It could be a moderately interesting role-playing scenario. You know, the, your, your player characters are the domestic staff, and there is there is definitely something wrong with the master. Yes, <laughs> that yeah, that would be a, a fun, uh, particularly if the staff start getting bumped off during the. Um, <laughs> uh, that's uh, my preference as a Call of Cthulhu GM coming in. Uh, I did wonder when it was the same actor playing the two roles. There's and again. There's a danger of criticising the film for what it could have been. There's some mileage to be made from the fact that he doesn't actually transform at all, except in his mind. Um, and, mm. and, you know, that it's, it becomes a psychological drama, um, which has been made, I, I suspect, in other in other films. And well, I there, there, there was a passing mention that Hyde would, were, was Jekyll's bastard, and I thought that was a, a neat way of well, yes, Michael. It. Michael Sheen's character, and I really appreciate the odd line like that in a film that is like, well, he does look a bit like him. Um, Which is a nose <laughs> which, often seen in these parts. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's right. I, I liked that. And I, to be honest, that did assuage. I, I'm shallow enough that that assuaged some of my frustrations with the film. That everyone else, it, it's hard when you're like, 
this is clearly the same guy. Why is nobody saying that? Um, mm. I didn't feel like, uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to avoid criticizing before, but I didn't feel like his mannerisms and appearance were different enough for it to be a physical transformation, which is why I start to think, oh, are they doing a psychodrama here? But mm. no, they didn't really. They didn't I, really I was guessing a bit way. of that, though. Yeah, possibly, possibly more would have been better. I, I, I was distracted by things like you're getting up in the middle of the night. It is dark because the curtains are shut, so you take <laughs> a candle with you. I mean, this is this is just this is what it is like in a house without electricity or, or gas lights, or where you're not lighting them for some reason. It is genuinely dark. There are no street lights outside. It, we're, we're supposed to believe there's moon, and it, you would you would have the curtains closed. And little things like that. If I'd been more absorbed in the film, perhaps I wouldn't have noticed as much. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we talk about the the kind of because you you made a good point. You know, a lot of the film is set within the house. Now we are in Victorian London, which is a very evocative setting. Uh, they, they did use a bunch of actual preserved Victorian houses, and a lot of the random clutter that's scattered about the place is actual preserved Victorian stuff. It looks okay. right in a way that a lot of films don't. Yes, it does. And it, I suppose it does look different. Uh, it, curiously, not quite Spartan, but not as opulent as, as these films often look set in that time. And, and yeah, maybe a bit more chaste chaste is probably not the right word but a, a bit blander um and a bit uh darker and not quite grimier but yeah a bit, a bit more austere i'll, I'll just plug that. here for for the museum of the home um is this new name in in uh, northeast london uh which is basically they, they've reconstructed typical rooms okay over the centuries and it's very noticeable as you go through the 1800s yeah, the, the industrial revolution towards the end is finally kicking in and stuff gets cheap and all of a sudden the rooms are way more cluttered than they were 10 years earlier. Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, I'd love, yeah, that's a very good plug. You've sold me, you've sold me for sure. <laughs> um, uh, yes, it's, it, uh, so the actual house itself is, it, it's hard, um, I suppose the problem with it is it's a big old house with separate areas and he seems to have a lecture theatre and a weird, I don't know what what is the what is the situation with the the kind of suspended walkways that she's running across. I've no idea about that. Um, and until then, I, I was getting a reasonable sense of space. He has to go out through a side door of the house, acro- yes. across the courtyard, down the steps to the laboratory uh, yes. lecture theatre, dissecting theatre. Basically, I mean that's clearly what it is. And then up the other side of that is to wherever he does his um, less grand scale work yes and and yes i, I would say i'm glad you were confused because i was just like well where is she now what is it is this part of the house what is this place <laughs> that was a confusing um that was a, i suppose that was a slightly that led to a slightly uh nice tense moment where we she hasn't encountered edward hyde before but he knows exactly where she is hiding under one of the uh theater chairs yeah that i could see that working the film, frankly, had kind of lost me by that point, but I, I could see yeah. that working as horror. I, one of the things I liked about it is is that the violence is rare enough that each time it happens, it is shocking. Which yes. I feel violence should be. Yes, that's true. But again, as with the my favourite thing about Tarantino, the threat of it is ever present mm. whenever Hyde is on the screen. 
again, I don't know. To me, I feel like that's because I know who Edward Hyde is rather than from the performance myself. And the, the kind of... Oh, no, sorry, I'm not going to say anything more about the performance. I, I was but... get a, getting a certain... Um, what would it be? Uh, Christoph Lambert in Highlander, maybe? That that's, oh, yeah. that sort yeah. of, I don't really care anymore. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... There, there is that, yeah. I no, I'm sorry. I keep avoiding trying to be because it would be a very boring podcast. Me just complaining about John Malkovich the whole time. Um, we've said a lot of it. I, I feel I've been very kind to this film. Uh, you liked it more than me. I think it's yeah. fair to say. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going to claim it's perfect. Um, oh, I probably prefer the 1930 film. To be honest, I absolutely. <laughs> but no, but, but, I, but I, I did like, like it. Much. You did like it. Good. Okay. Well, that's that's something. Um, I uh, well, well, the might have been were that this might have been directed by Tim Burton, as you say. Would you rather have watched the Tim Burton version? Tim Burton, then yes, yes. I <laughs> I think I would have liked to see the gothic melodrama played up a little bit, though. I I do appreciate. The, the more kind of realism role. Maybe John I mean, Malkovich. This, this, would, this have... would have been just after Edward. So, you know, he's done Edward Scissorhands. He's done Batman Returns, but it's before he does Mars Attacks and Sleepy Hollow. And I, I think that is peaked in Burton, frankly. Yes. I like Mars Attacks. Everyone hated it, didn't they? I thought it was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never seen Sleepy Hollow. I, I feel like that kind of gothic. You, you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That gothic melody, maybe that would have suited Malkovich's slightly less realistic performance. I mean, I he, he, you... did, he did want to cast Winona Ryder, but, you know, I think that's forgivable. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, any time you can cast, cast Winona Ryder, cast Winona Ryder, that's my advice. Um, but I... Uh, I, I, I don't want to disparage Julia Roberts. I really do not think she deserved a Razzie nomination. Mm. I'm not even sure Stephen Frears did, except that, you know, he has to take some responsibility for Malkovich's performance. Uh, and I do feel he might have put Malkovich up. <laughs> I absolutely, no, no, none more deserving. But I, uh, I'm aware I, that may just be personal taste, but it really didn't. Uh, Oh, uh, if to me he feels a little like um, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, that it just the film so relies on that performance mm. that if it is off, it spoils the whole film. But at least Apocalypse Now is only the last hour or whatever hour, however long Apocalypse <laughs> I can Really, not very um, long uh, between uh, Brando on stage, on screen, and uh, the end of the film. Uh, well, no, that's true. No, he doesn't. He doesn't last all that long. Um, well, there we are. So, anything? Would you like to say anything more about Mary Mary Riley? I am actually vaguely tempted to read the book if I can find a copy. Um... I will admit here, I I would like to read the book too. I'd like to. I suspect it handles the the subplot that we found a bit icky, uh, probably a lot better. But that, I, I, that's a bit unfair to say that when I haven't read it. But I, I'd be interested to see how it does handle that. Because it yeah. felt to me like it was lifted from the book without maybe understanding why it was there. But I could be wrong about that. Possibly. Poss- I, I, I haven't read the book at all. So I, I, I would like to note that uh, the, this is clearly following the same pattern as Last Action Hero because 
there were repeated reports of production delays, true or not, and the leads hating each other, which probably was true. Um, so certainly, oh, okay. um, they, they've both suggested afterwards that, yeah, they really didn't get on. Uh, oh, is that true? Okay. So, so there was a lot they of word certainly... of mouth, uh, even before it came out. Well, they certainly don't have, however you define it, they, they don't really have on screen, I, I suspect you agree, but I might be, they don't really have any chemistry on screen, or it doesn't feel like it to me anyway. Yeah, but on the other hand, the way it's shot, they shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But in a way, if they had chemistry, it would. Ex- yeah, okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, actually, because uh, we talked about um, Titanic when we were talking about the English patient as um, uh, as, as maybe a model for these kind of uh, historical epic romances. That is a film that you reminded me of. Uh, that was really talked up in a similar way to Mary Riley as an absolute disaster. Mm. Uh, that was the only film I can think of that escaped that to the point where I'd forgotten that was the narrative before it came out, uh, and it became an absolute smash. Yeah, I think we'll we'll come back and uh, talk about that when we talk about '97 in film. But yeah, I I think it was one of those cases of there's already a slight mood, and then there's a bit of bad news and another bit of bad yeah. news, and it it snowballs. Obviously, there are always people who want to leap on and say, um, I, I, I was saying it was rubbish before it was cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose with any of these kind of films, then you also get, you know, after the fact, you get a group of people saying, you know, this isn't nearly as bad as people said it was. Why Why did we all hate it so much? If that's happened, I haven't come across it. I mean, Thompson, we've, no. we've mentioned, but um, I, I haven't seen people's... I, I had not heard of this film. And, and I, I, I had I've heard of it in the negative. I think I, it does. It did influence how I looked. In the same way that you know, going in, into Last Action Hero, I'm very quickly thinking this isn't at all bad. Why did everyone hate it? Um, <laughs> it with this one, almost immediately, I was like, oh my god, I can see why everyone hated this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it does affect how you think about these things, um, which is uh, a shame. Uh, I, I think but, it helps that I often don't have that background. I, I try not, particularly when it's a film uh, that I don't know anything about beforehand, I, I try not to read more than a bare minimum before I watch it. No, well, well I, I suppose I do for this podcast, but um, I, uh, I, I did read a lot beforehand. Um, what, is it a masterpiece, Roger? Is Mary Riley a masterpiece? Are you going to go on audio <laughs> right now to say Mary Riley's a masterpiece? <sighs> No, but I can see how it could have been. Maybe mm-hmm. even with the same cast and crew, but just slightly different direction, or different, slightly, or, or as you say, a different lead actor. That's a, yeah, that's a. That's I, a good I'm not one. going to agree with Thompson, but I do think it comes awfully close, and I'm very glad I've seen it. Goodness me! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, yes, okay. That's and, a very and I'm, cer- I'm certainly going to look at Julia Roberts differently from now on. And you have convinced me in the sense that really the interesting, the whole point of this film, in a way, the interesting angle is seeing Jekyll from below. Hmm. Um, not in that way. Um, and I, I think it almost does that. And certainly Julia Roberts convinces. Uh, I think for me with a different lead actor, and I, I honestly don't know quite why I took against John Malkovich so much, but I did here. 
and I don't, I don't begrudge him. I wouldn't put me off seeing him anywhere else, but here <laughs> he was just the wrong actor for me in this role. Um, yeah, maybe it could have been. Could have been. Is I'll, I'll give you that, but <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> for me anyway. Uh, nor for most people, in fact. Yeah, and of course, it committed the cardinal sin of, of having a five point six million box office on a forty seven million budget. So, so yes, it must be. Um, yeah, uh, that, be. that's just unforgivable. That is, in these enlightened times, of course, losing money, um, losing a lot of money is. Uh, is unforgivable sin. <laughs> if only they had a, an Edmund Hyde to transform into to blame it on. <laughs> well, there we are. That, I think, will finally round up 1996. Mm. Uh, yes, in an uh, interesting way. We, it was an interesting year. So we had, what did we have? The English Patient, Fargo, and Mary Riley. Hmm. Um, uh, Fargo, I adored. The English Patient, Bored, <laughs> but but in a a word, it was absolutely gorgeous. This, yeah, maybe it reached for the stars, but didn't didn't achieve it. It's still two out of three hits for me. Oh wow, well that's very good. I will. Uh, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> I just spent the whole podcast trying to be restrained about John Melfi, so I will <laughs> continue in that vein and say no more. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,